Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colossal Soprano. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play-by-play man Dan Dewey and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, the calendar turns and soccer never stops. We know this, Rick Tittle. It's time for another edition. It's the 12th edition, in fact, of Golasso Supremo Go! You know what it's time for an announcer to hang it up? When he goes, Go! <laughs> wheeze, wheeze, cough. Oh, man. That's when it's bad. That's really bad. That's when you know it's time to hang it up. But yeah. we're st- not quite there yet, Rick. So or I- stop smoking. Yeah, but it's probably easier to give up the sport than it is to give up the sticks. It's yes. Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. It is Gulasso, Golasso Supremo, episode number 12, Rick. And so much to talk about. We've got Champions League results. We've got the Premier League Still staying interesting the, the at the top. Obviously, the top four, the Champions League spots for next year. Relegation battles mostly decided. And uh, Hunt Cup, I understand. The Hunt Cup is coming, and we've got some matchups to discuss as well. But first, we should begin with the Champions League. And a big shout-out to your plucky little side, Yun Min Son, with a great goal late. Tottenham won. Man City nil in the first leg of the quarterfinal. Yes, it was an amazing result. Yes. Unfortunately, we just found out in the last half hour the high cost of that. Harry Kane's out for the season. And Deli Alley broke his hand. And Deli Alley will be okay. I remember Gary Lineker playing at Mexico 86 with a cast on. You can wear a cast as long as it's not something you can club somebody over the head with. Um, but the severe ligament damage for Harry Kane. It wraps it up, not just for him, but the three Lions. The three Lions are going to be fine without him. Uh, it was already a tall task, uh, as it is, but uh, to lose uh, your, your, your top goal scorer, Dan, it's a, uh, it's a huge, huge uh, hit to the solar plexus. And obviously they'll have to set up the side much differently in the second leg, protecting just a 1-0 lead, and you won't have the, the high-powered offense. It is Harry Kane's ankle his left ankle, he limped off against Manchester City, and now the confirmation is just coming in that, in fact, it's a, quote, significant lateral ligament injury. And this one is the type that's probably going to take him out throughout the entirety of the summer and into the fall. You can't help but wonder when he might be able to come back from an injury like this. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that it was It was kind of a weird deal. He was, you know, he's an all-action forward and in Fabian Delth and and he had been uh, having a little bit of a tête-à-tête he had with a couple of defenders actually and it was way over in front of the bench and he went for a challenge and he kind of slid and then Delph stepped on his left foot and it uh, it buckled and he got helped off and I was kind of hoping since it was his 
other foot. Obviously, these guys are all two-footed players, but I was kind of hoping since it was his other foot, he would be better. It's it's a crushing blow. I would imagine that Tottenham knows that Man City, who score goals for fun, that you just can't park the bus, uh, park the couch in the box. They can't do that. So I would imagine Lucas Moura will step into the starting role and he and Sonny will be the uh, the prong up front. But once again, Dan, I have said it many times over the years. I've said it on this podcast how much I hate Danny Rose. What a useless, useless soccer player he is. <laughs> First of all, he gives up a penalty, which it was. You can't throw your arms high up in the air into the box. Shout out VAR for getting that one right in the, uh, the now iconic sign of the referee drawing the square. Yes. As in, I'm going to go look at the monitor. I don't know if he did exactly what 16 by 9 is the aspect <laughs> ratio. Close enough, though. I think he did go landscape. Yes, not portrait. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, though, I, I want to know the person on the planet who goes, What's that? Because it goes beyond language. Right. Oh, what's a TV set? I think we all understand. But yeah, people will say, that's not what VAR is for. Uh, No, VAR is there to get it right. They did get it right. Um, And luckily, uh, Aguero was saved by Lloris. And and as we know, uh, Lloris uh, fumbled one the other day. And so just showing his his true pedigree and why he is the French captain. And uh, so, like I said, it's great. Um, and now if Tottenham can get one at Eastlands, then Man City will have to score three, but they can score three in their sleep. So I'm not celebrating just yet, um, but still, as I said, it was at a huge cost. Maybe a Pyrrhic victory. Yes, P-Y-H-H-R-I-C. Yes, King Pyrrhus. Yes. yes, the great Pyrrhic victory where the cost outweighs the benefit of actually getting the victory there. It's Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. It is Golasso Supremo. We're breaking down the Champions League. Elsewhere, leg one, the champions, <laughs> Liverpool to Porto nil. This was to be expected, and boy, Liverpool sure looked good in a 90-minute domination sensation. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know what? It's just Liverpool has made their money this year defensively, uh, led by Van Dijk out of the back, the most expensive defender in the world for a good reason. And there's something to be said about you know the old adage, defense wins championships in football. Of course, we can think of 10 examples where that's not true but yeah if the other team doesn't score you got a pretty good chance to win and as I said that's where they they make their uh, their bacon and I'm I'm not completely surprised by that result pretty standard and uh, the return will be at Porto and uh, as you mentioned with the away goals Porto not scoring any Liverpool could just get the one and Porto would then have to come up with four Correct. in order to counteract that elsewhere into the Netherlands we go Ajax, a good home side, surviving a a spectacular header from Cristiano Ronaldo and equalizing 1-1. But do you think that Ajax needed to do better at home before they head south, way south, to take on Juve? Well, um, I don't think either one of us is surprised with the draw at the Amsterdam Arena. That one away goal is going to be the trump card for uh, La Vecchia Signora. It's funny, the team is the youngsters, but the team's called the old lady. That seems like a kind of a, kind of a contrast, that yes. juxtaposition of whatever we call it. What do you call Oxymoron? It's a conundrum. Yes. That's the, the dumb kid with acne, right? The oxymoron? Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's the Oxy-10 moron. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, listen, Juventus, is they've got their away goal. That's in their back pocket. And so Ajax knows that they have to score. And in a way... I will embrace the fact that that's probably a good thing because they're going to have to go maybe not kitchen sink, but they cannot just sit around. They have to be all action. 
in that first 20 minutes. Usually, as we know, a game this big, the first 20 minutes is kind of a feel out. Don't concede. Don't concede. I don't think Ajax can play that game. They're going to have to go uh, soccer balls to the wall, so to speak, as we try our best to keep it clean, yes. knowing that they need to get at least one away goal to make that interesting at Juve. The final of the four quarterfinals, maybe the most marquee sex appeal. Man U and Barcelona, but it's Barca at Old Trafford 1-0. Man U and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer are unable to keep that Reds magic going as they fall in the home leg. Trouble for Man U? Is there trouble, Rick? Listen, the Red Devils, they you lose to Barcelona 1-0. It, uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I know we talked about this before, but I was in Manhattan when Tottenham were playing at the new Camp, and they had to draw to move on in the Champions League. That was on the last day of the uh, group stage, which they did. So, but Man U has to do better than that. You know, Man U know that they has to come. They have to come out with some guns blazing as well. And as I said, that might they should just embrace the fact that they're going to have to play in a very aggressive brand of soccer when they have some weapons, they can get it done. The news out today that the team will not re-sign Ander Herrera. It appears that he's uh, going to leave Manchester United when the summer comes. So things looking good maybe two months ago with the new manager coming in, replacing Jose Mourinho, and some thoughts that maybe you'd be able to keep this group together. Is Paul Pogba, we talked about this last week, is he still the key piece for you as far as what you do this summer? Yeah, I would think he's one of the key cogs. But when you have a team this big and you sign 25 internationals, I mean, guys who start for their countries, and you have a reserve team full of internationals, this kind of turnover is always going to happen. You just don't want it to be a name that you can't live without, you know. It's Stan Dibley. It's Rick Tittle. It is Golasso Supremo. Coming up, we'll give Earthquakes fans a, a bit of good news, just a dollop. Like yeah. when you get sour cream and you just get that scoop. It's yeah. not a scoop, it's just a dollop. A so dollop, yeah. Just a dollop of sour cream for Quakes fans. But first we go to Spain, Rick. Atletico Madrid's Diego Costa banned not five, not six, <laughs> not seven, eight games after insulting the referee Jesus Gilmanzano's mother in last Saturday's defeat to Barcelona. Mom jokes, eight games. Too harsh, or as the French would say, apropos. Well, it, you all you got to do is look at uh, Marco Materazzi, who made a mom joke in a World Cup final. And that was got a the, sister joke, I believe. Yeah, well, I think it was sister and mom, wasn't huh? it? Well, whatever it was, it was enough to get Zidane to headbutt him and get red carded. You know, it's funny. In in uh, listen, everybody around the world doesn't want you to talk about their mama. You can say you're a worthless POS, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe I am. And so is your mom. Wait, now, hold on a second. <laughs> now we got issues. Yeah, <laughs> there's something wrong. It's funny because in England, I've always been surprised my whole life that you can stand in front of a ref and yell F off right in his face. You F off. You effing, 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 which we can't do here, obviously. Two years ago, the Premier League said, okay, look, guess what? No more of that. Well, that hasn't been instituted because... It's, um, you know, almost like in the movie Stripes, Harold Ramis teaching English. That's all they know. These people come to England and they just know to yell F off. And they still scream it in their faces. So now we know. Tell the ref to F off, but don't say anything about he mama. Costa reportedly got four games for the, the mom reference, and he got another four for grabbing the referee's arm after the red card was shown. Well, we know that guy is a born hothead. We saw enough of him in England to know that. Yes, indeed. And uh, we've seen him... Suspended for a number of different infractions. This time, 
the first time that it was something using somebody's mom as a reference point in order to get him straight up run. He so, said the three magic words to Madre Tambien. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. Your mom speaks Italian is, <laughs> is how I translate that, which I guess isn't that insulting depending on who you ask. Sure. Let's take a look at the Premier League, Rick, and the table before we get a piece of uh, story time. I know that's exciting coming up with you, and sure. we will look at the Hunt Cup as well. But Carl's right, waiting for story time. Yeah, he likes it. It's always good tease with a story. Sure. Uh, Liverpool now sitting atop the Prem. They do have one extra game played over Man City. We're basically in the same spot that we were last week. Liverpool on 82, Man City on 80 in second place, both on good form. Up next, it's Crystal Palace for Man City and Liverpool taking on Chelsea. Is this the week where maybe the Blues step up and help the citizens out with an upset victory? Well, I mean, if you look at the matchup, there's a joke matchup and then there's a tough matchup there. And this could be where Liverpool loses the league. Um, I've been saying all year that I thought they would pull it out. And uh, the closer we get here, it, it doesn't look at it. And in a way, Man City losing that game at Spurs is probably a bad sign for Liverpool because you don't think they're going to be on some sort of run of bad form. I think that that's the type of theme that would uh, kind of like when our Warriors lose, they get super mad and they win the next game. Um, I kind of expect them to, to bounce back. So this this could be a, uh, a huge perilous weekend. Uh, for Liverpool. And a couple of big ones after that for Man City. They, of course, host Spurs at the Etihad, a matchup that's lost a good amount of luster with the news of Harry Kane's torn ligament in his ankle. He obviously won't play. Deli Alley broken hand is a maybe at this point. That match is just nine days away. You figure with a broken hand, he should be good to go, but you never know. Four days after the matchup with Spurs, it is the Derby. The Manchester Derby at Old Trafford, they wrap it up with Burnley, Leicester, and Brighton. So the back half of the next six matches, the easier three, but the next three, Palace on the road at Selhurst Park, and then, of course, Spurs and Man U. It should be tough for the citizens. They'll earn it if they end up winning the title with this gauntlet. And throw in another game against Spurs at the Etihad as well in the Champions League. I mean, yeah, they've got a very busy schedule coming up. The Palace game, I think they're going to rest most of their guys. I mean, not... They're not going to rest everybody, but the, the the key defenders will probably still be in there. But uh, I think they can probably take a break against the Eagles. Uh, other than that, though, um, you know, they if you looked at, at City, they seemed a little bit, I don't know if stunned was the word, but when Aguero missed that early penalty, that's kind of a telltale sign in soccer that it's not your day. And they kind of played in the fog after that. And it, I'm sure they were in a bit of shock, like, wait a minute, we don't, we don't do this. This isn't us. So I think they will right the ship. And uh, I don't think they're, I think they're maybe headed towards, as they say, a purple patch at this point. How much pressure is on Liverpool considering their remaining games? They've got the Chelsea game this weekend, which we mentioned. That's at Anfield. But then relatively easy the rest of the way. They go to Cardiff, not an easy road spot, but a terrible team in the Prem this year. They host Huddersfield, which should be a comfortable victory. They go to. Newcastle at St. James's Park. Again, not a side that really strikes fear into the hearts of Liverpool. And then you end up with an interesting one against Wolves. Might it come down to that final matchup against Wolves? Because I see these five matches, and I see five wins for Liverpool. Is that at Molyneux, or is that at Anfield? That is at Anfield. Okay, that's better for them. It's, it's interesting because 
you know, the, the, the Liverpool teams under dog leash with Beardsley and Barnes and Rushy and, and all those guys, Grobelar, they, and then they had the sec, quarter second coming with the Spice Boys with Jamie Redknapp and McManaman and, and Robbie Fowler and all those guys. Um, I, I don't think they're under huge, huge pressure. I mean, that, that Keegan team that lost on that Collie Moore goal and then he went ape crap on the press. <laughs> there's been a lot, <laughs> there's been a lot of ape crap. But the thing is, if they lose, all the fans are going to do is blame them being in Europe. And I have a friend who's uh, an Everton fan. I don't know if I brought this up, but they don't. And and they're saying, oh, I don't want to get into Europe because I'm like, why, why would you not want to do everything you could and play under European lights and get all that money and exposure? There's something about England. You know, first they have this bulldog spirit, mustn't grumble. But on the other hand, they're also going to be very self-defeatist. And as Americans, you know, we're all, you know, Coach Singletary. I want winners here. So, um, you know, you'd say at what price? What's more important? Most coaches would tell you, of course, it's the uh, the league, and uh, and I believe that. But still, um, I mean, Manchester City could have a trouble here. I mean, they're in the final of the uh, <laughs> they're in the final of the FA, the FA Cup final against uh, Watford. I mean, that that to me, they're going to walk to the FA Cup, which is a, a massive thing, and it's probably third on their list. As they try to bring home the treble, of course, Champions League and the Premier League being the other two. It's Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. Here it is. Golasso Supremo. We're taking a look at match week 34 in the Premier League as we really start to wind down. Not too many other interesting fixtures. We mentioned Spurs and Huddersfield. It's tough to get too excited about Spurs considering the injury to Harry Kane. Watford and Arsenal on Monday. Brighton taking on Cardiff in a matchup of a couple of the also-rans. That'll be next Tuesday. Rick, I do want to ask you about the Hunt Cup. Yes. But first, Uncle Ricky, tell me a story. This is like Slick Rick the Ruler in the rap song, children's story. Tell me a story, Rick Tittle. <laughs> well, you know, with the Warriors playing their last regular season game at uh, the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena, I started thinking about all the things uh, in my life that I've been there for and, and working the Avon tennis tennis tournament there when I was 16 years old in a production truck for the USA Network and Al Trotwig screaming at me uh, and just on and on and on all the different sports. And I know you come from a Warriors family, so you've got many memories there as well. But one of my favorite memories of the Coliseum Arena is you, we used to watch the Golden Bay Earthquakes there, the indoor team. 83-84 and I remember that was still if you look in the earthquakes they still regard that as part of their franchise um, so in high school I remember my soccer team we went over there one day to check out a game and they had a star for the Golden Bay Earthquakes name Steve Jungul Z-U-N Steve Jungle. yeah and we used to go <laughs> Jungul and his real name he was, was unbelievable yeah his real name was like Slavica Jungul from Yugoslavia but yeah he was a goal machine and he didn't disappoint I think he scored five goals in that game, and it was like, you know, 19 to 18. But uh, just a little shout-out to some indoor soccer played in Oakland, California that a lot of people probably don't even know happened. Yeah, we ran down the <clears throat> top 10 moments in the history of Oracle Arena, knee the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, and I, I should have worked a little bit harder to get either that on there. There was some tennis that uh, has taken place there. Mm -hmm. Also some college basketball. I remember when... Uh, Stanford beat, I want to say, North Carolina. Adam, Tiger Woods was uh, courtside. Adam Morrison crying there for Gonzaga. Remember that? I had forgotten that that, yeah. that happened at the Coliseum, mm -hmm. at the arena. It's, it's good stuff, Rick. Way to bring that home. All right. The Lamar 
uh, Hunt Cup, which is our domestic cup, which is open to all teams, just as the FA Cup is in England. Lamar Hunt was a great champion for soccer and the AFL as well. I'm going to get to the first round. <clears throat> and just like the first round of the FA Cup, it's teams you've, even if you're English, you've never heard of them. So I just, there's just a few games here. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the matchup and I want you, Dan Dibley, to give me the winner. Oh, I love this. I, I'm actually looking at a list of the matchups as well. And all right, here we good go. Good luck with some of these. All right, first round, FC Baltimore versus Westchester Predators. Well, the Predators have been struggling with their defense, Rick. <laughs> I think it's going to be FC Baltimore, the, the NPSL side. They're going to be too much to handle. I got that one as 3-1 over Westchester. Not Westchester, Westchester. <laughs> I think we have too many to break down. Break them down, let's so, go. All right, well, let's say you can break them down or just give me a winner. Richmond Kickers versus Virginia United. I like the Kickers, Rick, the way they've been playing. and They've, they've been looking really good in the uh, USL 1. New York Cosmos B team versus BlackRock FC. You know, the B team is really more of an A-, minus, so I'm going with the Cosmos here. They're not a true B team, Rick. They're more of an A-. minus. That's very nice. I love being the straight man. New York, <laughs> New York Red Bulls under 23s versus FC Motown. Well, it depends where this game is. If it's in Detroit, I'm going with Motown. It is in East Hanover, New Jersey. Well, well, these two teams, Rick, they don't like each other, as you well know. I'm going with the under-23s. Not yet old enough to be jaded by this matchup. Still young enough to want to go out there and compete. Erie Commodores versus Dayton Dutch Lions. Well, they used to be the Dayton Dutch Ovens, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> this is my upset special. I like the USLL2 team. Take the Dutch Lions. Remember, preheat to 375. Go with the Dutch Lions. Oh, my gosh. He's piping hot. Lansing <laughs> Ignite FC versus AFC Ann Arbor. Well, it's an all-Michigan battle here. It's a virtual Michigan v. Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And when in doubt, I side with the maize and blue. Give me AFC Ann Arbor in a penalty shootout. You know what they should have on the license plate? I'm smitten with the mitten. <laughs> That's pretty good, <laughs> Michigan. Reading United AC versus Philadelphia Lone Star FC. Well, one Lone Star against a United side. You got to go with the United team, even though Philadelphia is a bigger city than Reading. I'm going with Reading in this one, Rick. Well, it's funny. Lone Star, who, of course, was in Spaceballs and also is the nickname of Texas. This is a Philly side. Let's move on. Lakeland Tropics versus the Villages. F <laughs> the Villages SC. Well, you know that it takes a village, Rick. And in this case, <laughs> it takes a Villages. So I'm going with the Villages over the Tropics. Uh, South Georgia Tor Tormenta versus Chattanooga Red Wolves. SC. Don't SC. forget the, yeah, the yes. soccer club. SC. I think that uh, Tormenta is going to try to play that Tormenta style. I believe they run an 8-1-1, uh, one, if I'm not mistaken. They really torment you. I'm going to go with uh, Chattanooga. I think this is going to be a draw. Uh. <laughs> nice. Greenville Triumph SC versus South Georgia Tormenta FC. South Georgia's nothing more than North Florida. Give me Greenville. <laughs> Miami FC versus Florida Soccer Soldiers. The Soldiers FSS out of Florida's an all-Florida matchup. The game's in Miami. You don't travel down to Miami and walk out with a victory. Give me Miami FC. I'll go with the Sista Soldiers, too. Oh, sorry. Soccer Soldiers. Nice. Bavarian SC versus Forward Madison FC. 
I prefer uh, halfback Madison. I think they're a slightly better team. <laughs> Give me Bavarian SC. There we go. Little Rock Rangers versus NTX Rayados. Well, it's in Arkansas, so I'm going to go with the home team, Little Rock. Too far for the Rayados to go. Bill Clinton will be there trying to pick up chicks. Check them out. Des Moines. Hey, lady. <laughs> Des Moines Menace versus Duluth FC. Got to go with the Menace here uh, at home at Crowney Soccer Park. Very hostile environment. <laughs> I'm going to go with Duluth just because when I first got on Sirius in 02, a guy named Rick Tittle emailed me and he said, I'm a country singer from Duluth. Can I do a song for your show? Wow. And I went, great. And I thought it would be Rick Tittle is the best and there ain't no better. <laughs> I want to wear a navy blue sweater. He sings me this song that goes, you broke up with me, but I still love you. I'm like, no, no. But it's, I, a, it's for a sports station. <laughs> I played it once. My namesake. Hey, let's skip to the West region. That way we can really bring it home with, these, bring with it. these local sides. Mm-hmm. or local-ish. Academica SC versus El Farolito, the little lighthouse. Yes, one of the great uh, Mexican restaurant chains in our state is El Farolito. So you got to side with Farolito. Tough to go to Turlock, California and beat a side like Academica. Give me Farolito in the points. Too many nerds on Academica. Cal, Cal FC versus FC Adam Molehouse, Portland. I am going to make me start crying <laughs> here in a minute. I would have gone with Cal FC thinking it was Cal Berkeley, but it's actually Cal Abbasis. So <laughs> as a result, give me Molehouse, Portland. It sounds like a nice wine. It's actually Calabas, the devil in the movie Legend. Calabas? <laughs> I thought you were going Calabas from uh, that uh, Clash of the Titans. Oh, is that what it's from? Calabas, yeah. The oh. guy with the horns? Yeah, no, that's Clash of the Titans. That's right. What's the name of the owl, the golden owl? B- Bubo. That's what it with is. With the robotic owl. Bubo FC. And uh, uh, Perseus played by, uh, was it Harry Hamlin? Harry Hamlin, who was in that movie Making Love. A couple of old guys here talking yeah. about Clash of the Titans from 80. Yeah, he cheated on Kate Jackson with another man. Wow, that's a bad choice. Uh, <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> Finally, let's wrap up the West. Orange, Orange County FC versus FC Golden State Force. Man, that's a tough one. When the Force takes on the county, it's a pretty even matchup. Give me Orange County FC, Rick. And hopefully Carl or somebody in our podcast production department can write down all these picks and we can compare and contrast who did better. Yeah. I don't. Uh, by the way, I'm going to go with Golden State and maybe just a little mojo from the Warriors. When do the quote real teams enter this fray? Because I'm looking at the schedule, yeah. And you've got second round, third round, fourth round, then the round of 16. I think they're in the third round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe so because that's when I just assume that because that's when in the FA Cup you start getting league teams. So you'll so. get a USL one and MLS teams in that third round. Yeah, and then you'll see the. Um, the Sacramento Ditch Diggers or whatever. Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad. It's Golasso Supremo. We talk all soccer, not just the big boys, but also some of the little guys mm-hmm. as well here on Golasso Supremo. Let's give a shout out to the San Jose Earthquakes who got it done, Rick Tittle. They got their first victory of the year. They now have got five goals scored, although Chris Wondolowski still looking for the goal that would tie him with Landon Donovan for first all time. It's uh, it was an exorcism. I mean, when you when you already were the worst team in soccer last year, who would have been relegated if they were in a league that had such a thing, the only FIFA recognized league in the world that doesn't have promotion and relegation, they should have gone down. So then they start off and uh, fourteen goals shipped, two scored. 
they needed a win like any team I've ever seen. And so now they can just freaking breathe. And they get three goals. They get one from Shea Salinas. Danny Hosen scores. Christian Espinoza. And you check the play sheet, though, and you look through once, you look through again, and you don't see number eight, Chris Wondolowski. You get a win with Wando not on the pitch. What do you do if you're the Earthquakes? If a better side is not having Chris out there, but you want him to get that record, the fans want to see that record, how do you go forward? I think this is like when the A's were winning with Eric Fox filling in for Ricky Henderson. Don't make too big of a deal out of it. You still want Wando out there, don't you? You do, but at the same time, Mike Singletary, we love to quote it on this podcast, <laughs> I want winners. and It's just one game. Yes, but it was Portland, a good team, a defending champion, if I'm not mistaken, or... A couple years ago, they were the defending champion. Yeah, that guy goes out there and he chops wood like Jack Del Rio. Yes. That's like their mascot. I can't remember. Brawny the quicker chopper upper. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thanks. It's like uh, Timber Joey is what I think it is. Oh, that's that's terrible. They need some alliteration like Timber Tim, Timber Timmy. I think it's Timber Joey or it was Timber Joey and he was replaced. I'm going to go with Timber Joey and if, uh, if I'm wrong, go ahead and Hit us at the station account, 957thegame. By the way, let's, I know we're wrapping it up, but I want to ask you this because, you know, a lot of times we have these alliteration like, you know, Jack Sprat would eat no fat, whatever, Tiny Tim, blah, blah. How much peeping did peeping Tom do? Because it's not peeping Pete. There's no alliteration. There's no rhyme. So Tom must have been really bad. In order to get the moniker yeah. all on his own? Yeah. I wonder which Tom it was, too. <laughs> That's uh, that's an interesting. Are you looking it up? I'm just looking up, you know what it would be. It's a character in the legend of Lady Godiva who watched Godiva riding naked. Wow, man! The, the, just a precursor to the whole Aaron Andrews uh, incident. Yes, that was a peep hole, Tom. <laughs> and I don't know if his name was Tom, but it all was... right, I'm I'm taking this off the skids. Uh, no, we're <laughs> way off the skids. That's peeping Tom, the Lady Godiva. So we learn a little bit here. We did on the podcast. And she we rode, laugh, we cry. She rode through the streets of Coventry naked on a horse. Yes, and uh, Coventry City hasn't been the same since. Ah, they got relegated and they haven't come back up. Very good one to end on, Dan Dibley. This was a production of the ninety-five-seven The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law